So everybody, I want to pick up on, um, sort of continue that sort of conversation. You're listening we to Real Presence Live this, on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation the on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, it's work of, back to the uh, show. Joy. It's not a work of, of Welcome drudgery. back to Real Presence Live. Um, I'm Father Ryan Gross, cold your host this morning. Thanks for listening, Jesus joining us. Jesus tells us that we're supposed um, to keep us, us in your prayers. And uh, as always, um, Jesus your monetary says, donations go, uh, are always um, very much appreciated. Go keep us on the air. So we have the, father the great pleasure of inviting in Father Dominic Bout, who is the new chaplain at the University of Mary, serving all the good students at that good university here in Bismarck. Father Bout, thanks for being on with us this morning. Not something that yeah, is great. supposed to so, uh, be joyless. Was ordained or in 2018. He's a good friend of mine. Mary, one of the things um, you see is that for a couple of years, it really is a place the associate, um, and then I think, uh, and also uh, uh, chaplain is, is present um, at St. Mary's High School in Bismarck. And I think kind of surprising, and right? The reason was that you a little bit so, surprised when you got the phone call. Hey, I want you to be the bishop calls, Monsignor Shea calls, and says is simply because to be the chaplain. It's a place where Christ is very much welcome. Was that a surprise for you? So we always have to remember that in our call to evangelize. So how's the... Yeah, how's in the our call to evangelize one of the St. Mary's High School that, uh, to the we have university, to remember, you know, some similarities, some differences. It's, a, it's an uh, activity kind of, of the uh, God your first, like, month or two, is filled uh, now with there. joy in His well, creation. It was, it was hard right away it's an activity of the God who is you know, filled with joy um, in human beings that He has created. And so, you know, as so we're up here at St. Mary's High School in Bismarck right now. That's kind of our location for broadcasting this morning. As these students. We're just let out of class, and they're, the they're kind of walking around, like, right? You know, you can't um, say what we really see is just all yeah. of this great potential and so that was really hard. And then for, for God to do good things in them, to do good things for them, and for them to really go out and have a great effect in the world. And so, you know, as we listen to Real Presence Radio and all the different good things that Real Presence provides with us, we're constantly being reminded of the good stuff that's happening, not certainly some of the bad things that are happening, and how it is that the church is uh, responding to those things. We have to keep in mind that (laughs) what God does not want us to do, He does not want us to be overcome by discouragement, He does not want us to be overcome by fear, He does not want us to be overcome by some kind of hatred for others, like, oh, those people over there who aren't doing the thing that they should be doing, I'm going to allow some kind of hate to, you know, grow in my heart. I'm going to allow some sort of pride to grow in my heart. We remember in Scripture that Jesus over and over and over again is telling us to be humble. He is asking us, he is inviting us to be humble. And as he invites us to be humble, we're allowing ourselves to really to receive more and more of his grace, more and more of his Holy Spirit. And again, the fruit of that gift of the Holy Spirit is joy. That's one of the primary gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, when when we think about our own need to evangelize our families and our friends and all these things, make sure that you are not the person who is trying to evangelize from a spot of um, you know, anger, or if uh, I just if these people would just do what I said, then I wouldn't have to worry anymore. Right? Even that, in a certain sense, is selfish. Um, I want to think about St. Monica. Um, in her uh, continual prayer for St. Augustine, 
that we know that, that God allowed her to continue to pray for a long, long, long time before Augusta finally made that turn and finally accepted Jesus. Uh, and ultimately, we know that he came. Um, the great bishop and the great theologian that we continue lot, uh, to fun. exalt and, and kind of put so on the pedestal, you, the holy pedestal, uh, you sort of um, wake up in the morning the greatest and you look forward to your, to your day. But um, what are some the of the things reality that you can of kind of guarantee is that you know that this uh, is going to happen. Much, you know that uh, many, many <laughs> that you're going to have this kind of an interaction. We would have looked um, at him. Something, uh, if he was walking that's around today struck uh, you before as, his conversion, we would have looked at him and um, we would have seen regard, him as, as, far as being a somebody who didn't really have much well, hope at all. Like, uh, who's this guy? He, you know, he's basically living with a prostitute. Yeah, he's sort of lost at that point. The greatest example I always like to use is the example of St. Paul. Yeah, for the, from, yeah, you know what, Saul before, you, before you even go on, to Paul, you, you, we right? talked about he that the other day. Um, such an extraordinary just talk about your experience uh, about celebrating his life mass on a Tuesday or a Thursday, right, for his name all these, like, I mean, how, um, what does that remember do for you personally, in the Acts like, you know, to give some of the folks listening, and also, uh, Paul talks about in you know, some real words in his life, in regards to that he was a murderer of Christians. Well, the biggest danger is that he was going around the congregation the country of Israel at the time, and he was destroying, and, uh, seeking to really destroy Christian they, communities they're, they're and pull out of their homes these early Christians. At, at the the he was not it a man a, in any way that we would have you know? ever expected and that's why I brought to go from the, one of the you know, greatest persecutors of the church like, to this, the greatest the evangelizer. So this can be you personally, if you're listening. Uh, whatever it happens, whatever you may have done in your past, it does not in any way prevent you from doing great things for God, great things for the church. Uh, it doesn't prevent you, especially it doesn't prevent you from being a saint. Who we, we're all called to be, to be saints, of course. And so, and then whoever it is in your life, you look around, your, your spouse, your kids, your family, your friends, whatever, and you look around and you see them and you're like, well, they're, they're hopeless. There's really no point. Um, uh, you know, to understand away, again that that is away. not and in so any way really Jesus. That is not you know, God. In addition to all uh, the obvious, he like, desires all people to, really to be saved. Not um, to be and we exist uh, in this life now to receive his grace and to assist him in others coming to know him, to love him, and to serve him. So I guess just kind of coming off that great conversation with Father Bob to remember that as we seek to evangelize, that it is a it's an experience that's supposed to be filled with joy, and it's why anybody in the world would ultimately choose God. Because there's so many things, so many experiences that were joyless or just sort of cold. The, the, uh, so the model that Christ gave um, us is have a, a great hope. Um, a we look at St. Augustine and St. Paul and realize that and, and nobody is outside are. of Father Shea, the, Father uh, the grace Shea, that God desires to give. Um, so the have hope. Really continue to pray, especially for those that you know desperately need God or who are fallen far away from Him. Did He, the Jesus, hand it on to you? Really, really, really desires. I won't do the Elijah. So when you look out at those kids to our break. Here, our, right? our hard and break, um, and as we come back, when we return, we're going to have a conversation you know, with Dennis and Andrew Miller, Miller of the world, right? Um, about really, faith, sense, about farming, right? yeah. um, you know. So, so stay so tuned, what, everybody. Um, we will be back uh, in just you know, and you're, and you're telling them go out and proclaim and invite and so on. Uh, can you talk a little bit of you? You were mentioning your RCIA program the other day when we were talking as well. Just um, if you could. 
speak uh, a little bit about your experience of what is the level of interest uh, amongst, say, a, a student who never has heard the gospel before or right. maybe had a very, very weak uh, faith uh, growing up? What, what has been your experience with, with some of these people who are uh, uh, awakening um, to the truth? Yeah. That's a great question, and it's a little different. So I help teach RCA at the parish, and, you know, you get a kind of wider swath of people. But here it's more focused, just college students. But I think, you know, at this point in your life, and you know this from your own life, Father, but just, like, college is this time where, especially if you're really invested into, you know, trying to live a a good life, but you're not sure how to do it, um, there's a greater openness at at the time you're uh, at a university. And so... There are there, there's, there's a, a variety of students who come to RCA, and it's growing every week. You know, some people are there uh, because primarily because people invite them to go. You know, say, hey, you, you, are you interested in learning about the Catholic faith? Sure. Okay, go Wednesday evenings. And uh, I think there's, that, there, there's, in general, a greater questioning that happens when you're at a college campus. Um, but that openness, you know, also brings some to especially at a Catholic university, be like, why is this university Catholic? What does it even mean to be Catholic? And, and they come, and it's fun, and they ask really, <laughs> they ask really, really good questions, and sometimes I'm just like, oh, gosh. <laughs> but the, the flip side of that is, you know, we have a lot of great professors, and so they come and they assist, and, and they teach in their, in their kind of specialty. And, yeah, it's fun. I, every week we get a few more a few more attendees, you know, so it sounds like your RCA actually you should be getting credits if you're attending well, yeah, your RCA a, you program. Know, like that, do- a, we just had we just had Dr. Joseph Stewart on talking about his book on the Enlightenment, you know, and then you have all the other uh, really extraordinary uh, professors out there. So um, yeah, exactly. That's that's really that's really exciting. So uh, Father Buck, can you think any? Um, this might be putting you on the spot, but can you think of a question that a student has asked you where you're like, "Wow, that's a good question I've ever heard before." Or am I kind of putting you in the spot in that, with that with that there? The best thing I got this is on a on a friend. Uh, it was a it was a person at RCA, and the, their uh, their I think it might have been boyfriend or whatever asked them. You know, uh, what, what's the, like? I, it's hard for me to believe in God because there's like such little evidence. You know, the kind of the classic a little bit objection mm-hmm. to God. You know, it's like how, how could I? I can't see him. I can't touch him. I can't feel him. Mm-hmm. Why would I think that God existed? Which is a great question, and then, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. Um, my my response here was, you know, it, we, we believe in. Well, per, first of all, in the class, I talked about how you know I <laughs> don't remember these kind of lousy arguments from like the the new atheist crowd of, you know, well, okay, you can't prove God doesn't exist. We also can't prove an invisible flying spaghetti monster doesn't exist. You know, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so. It's like, but we, as Catholics, we don't believe that God is just some some added thing in the universe that may or may not exist. If he does exist, it's nice because he gives you presents. If he doesn't exist, well, you know, whatever. We believe that God is the most real thing ever, right? That he is the source of all being, and that he's not only the source of all being, but he's the source of our happiness. He's our final destiny. He's the, he's the underpinning for all of creation. At every single moment, God is holding it all together, and he's the only being that gives anything meaning whatsoever. Without him the entire universe collapses. So at least let's be honest about the claim that we're making. We're not making a claim that some extra thing exists or doesn't exist. We're, we're, we're going for the gold. Like, we're, we're, we're trying to see the entire meaning of all things, right? And that is rooted in God. And so, but I talked to her, too, like, okay, invisible things, you know? 
It's hard to believe in invisible things. Some of the most important things in life are invisible, right? Love. <laughs> Love is invisible. Uh, friendship. Um, you know, ideas. Concepts. Like, why would we think, you know, you could, you could take an MRI of someone's head that's feeling loved, and, you know, maybe some part of the brain is going to glow a little bit. But you wouldn't say that that's love, you know. But there's all sorts of things that we can't see that we believe in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't read a history book if you, if you didn't have, you know, you can't even read a science book, you know. How many of us have seen, you know, Pluto? You, you could see it from a telescope, but you yourself haven't. And so we believe in invisible stuff all the time. And I think those deepest things of life that we see, uh, that we don't see, are, are actually the most important things of life. And, of course, who is God? God is love. And, and so if you're imagining, you know, Santa Claus in the sky and he's just invisible, well, yeah, yes, that's it. <laughs> I think Bishop Barron says, I'm an atheist too then. If that's what we're talking about, I don't believe in that God. But we're talking about something much more fundamental and much deeper. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, Father Bauk, as we um, kind of conclude here this interview, about five minutes or so, uh, kind of thinking about um, what it is that folks who are listening, maybe their kids go to university, maybe they're thinking about it, or they just want to generally support the university and the good work that you're doing there, you and Monsignor Shea, and all the, uh, obviously all the faculty, staff, etc. Um, what are some of the things that, that you could encourage folks listening about um, in any ways that maybe they could help, obviously, with their prayers and so on. But uh, I guess just anything kind of what you wanted to speak more specifically to, to the folks who are listening who aren't right there on campus with you. Right. So there's this book that uh, the University of Mary uh, published. It's called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. This isn't a book plug. I, just, <laughs> I tell this book uh, to anyone I see. But anyway, From yeah. Christendom to Apostolic Mission, you can find it on Amazon or uh, call anyone that knows. Um, but it's this great book that kind of traces where we're at in terms of civilizations and the world and the Church's role in those civilizations. And you Mary is this great institution that has a foot in both worlds, because it is this kind of, this almost fading model of the Church with, with great power in her institutions, right? We know these things. The, the, the Church, uh, which built the great cathedrals, which founded the university system, uh, in general in Europe in the first place, and now is experiencing a lot in her institution's great decay, right? Great secularization and, and fading away of Catholic identity. So you, Mary, has, you know, has still held on to that great Catholic identity, but also it has an eye towards the future of how are we going to spread the gospel in an increasingly aggressive secular society. And the great thing is we have an opportunity right on campus to do it. We have a very wide swath of students from people who completely disregard the faith the people who are very into the faith, and literally every single thing in between. And so right now on this campus, we're figuring out, as you would love, Father Gross, uh, you know, how, what's the best way that we can evangelize the culture? And so we, we, it is a special world up here on the Hill. Um, and if they, of course, they can pray, they can visit, and they can, and they can certainly check that book out. Um, among a million other things, but I know we're running out of time. This is too yeah. short. No, no, you're, no, you're, you're, you're fine, Father Dump. So, because um, after you get off the phone, I'm just going to talk for like five more minutes. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, we, so I know you got to run to Mass. you got to run to Mass. But um, what you just described there, right, is the charism of the Benedictine, right? You, I mean, you... Right, exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the Benedictine sisters that sponsor the university there. And um, it's, what they, it's what the Benedictines, it's what St. Benedict did, it's what the Benedictines did uh, so many thousands of years ago about um, reawakening both the, 
the reality of what it means just to be human. Like, you know, I got to go to the yeah. farm and I got to do these different things. Um, and God's very much involved in that. And that's, and that's one of the things that's so great about University of Mary is you know, you're forming somebody to be a physical therapist or you're sending someone off to be an yeah. engineer or a nurse. Um, but within that very much, you know, immediately human thing, God is filling your work and filling your life with, um, with his love and with just, just a simple fact that we're supposed to serve each other. Right. And so, um, but good, but for the bulk, uh, thanks for being on. Um, are you the celebrant uh, for the mass? Or are you can celebrating or I'm, who's... Uh, Father Craig Vosick, the chaplain for athletes and yes. real presence radio host is the yes. celebrant. I'm, I'm real res- celebrant. real presence radio star. He's in the hall of fame. Star, I yeah. <laughs> I think he's in the hall of fame. So good. Yeah. Well, someday you can get there. Father yeah, Chris. that's right. <laughs> keep us uh, keep us all in your prayer, uh, especially at Mass, sure. Father Bauk, and uh, thanks for being on. We'll we'll talk again soon. God bless. All right, thanks. God bless. Bye. See you. See you.